Okay, so welcome to Confessions of a Single Parent. So I guess we should probably start with a bit about me. I'm Grace, I am 30. Just turned quite recently actually, and of course I am a single parent to a beautiful little boy who is two years old. I also have a cat who is five, who is really kind of like having another five-year-old lying around, really. It's a bit of a nightmare, but that's a story for another day. Okay, so why am I doing this? I guess because I... I've loved this journey so far, don't get me wrong, I really have loved it, but that is not to say it has not been fraught with some really low lows, and it's been hard, and at times it's felt impossible, it really has, and I just, I think it's nice to know that there are other people out there going through what you're going through. I'm, I know there are, I'm not under any illusion that I'm, you know, unique in that. There are so many single parents that are struggling. I know there are plenty of parents who are, you know, with the other parent and they're struggling too. That's not, I'm, I'm not saying that's not the case, but I can only focus on what I know and that is a single parent. I came from a single parent family as well. And I just carried that on. So, I guess I should start at the beginning, really. I started off, really, as a single parent. We were together for a few months during pregnancy, but it was not meant to be. And he is, he plays no part in my child's life. Um, which, don't get me wrong, was really hard for me to accept and understand at the beginning but as the journey's kind of progressed I guess I don't know it's been okay I don't have to ask anyone's permission on stuff I don't have to worry about anyone else's opinion on my parenting I guess when it comes to big decisions I've only got to, only got to ask me but you know on the other side of that, there is just me, <laughs> which during, during the dreaded COVID that we've all just been going through, still are, of course, please don't think I'm saying anything different, That's that's been hard, that's been really challenging actually, but I will do a separate episode on that because I could ramble for far too long about that. Anyway, so... Basically, this is just going to be a podcast on my experiences. Um, like I said, from the beginning up until the present. Um, now, if you're looking for someone who is going to be oozing positivity and just, you know, the super mum, you know, the ones that we all see on social media that just, they seem to have that shit together. That's not me. I 
I do not have my shit together. I barely make it free some days. I am just, I'm sure I'm just one bad cup of coffee away from a breakdown some days. So, yeah, if you're looking for happy and you're looking for life is a gift and isn't isn't the world a wonderful place, that's that's not that's not here. It's not gonna be the case on my little uh, podcast journey, I'm sorry to say. But I am who I am. So this will, however, be a safe, honest space. And it's going to be full of ups and downs and everything in between, really. I'm going to try and do, have some form of organisation to this. So sort of start near the beginning. and work my way forwards to the present day. Um, with each episode, trying to have a specific topic. I will then attempt to ramble on about, but as you can see, organisation, not my strong point, rambling, very much my strong point, and I often have been known to go completely off topic, yeah, I can feel myself already going off topic already, see, it's only episode one, it's only meant to be an introduction, (laughs) I'm not doing well, Okay, so I will be talking about everything. It will be, I am, I will be an open book, um, which won't be for everybody. That's not to everyone's taste. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people won't like that. Uh, I'll be talking about oh, my mental health struggles, dating and being a single parent. My ideas of parenting will, of course, come up. Um, so much, so, so much to talk about and I just kind of want to get stuck in but I'm really trying to just keep this first one breezy, light and breezy. Light and breezy isn't really very me. Anyone who knows me will say, no, that's, it's not going to work out. It's not going to last long, Grace. You won't be able to keep it up. Anyway, so... I am going to start my first episode this weekend um, and hopefully get it out at the beginning of next week. But I would like to say that if anyone is out there listening to this and is struggling, you're feeling lonely, you're going through mental health problems, you're going through a relationship breakup, whatever it is, reach out please, please reach out, do not, do not suffer on your own, I am here, I am always happy to chat to anyone, I will not have all the answers, I probably won't have a answer, but I will say words and sometimes that's all we need, sometimes we just need someone to talk to someone to ramble at, someone to vent at. I know for me, during some parts of this journey, I felt so isolated and so alone. And a lot of my friends, I say friends, people I know, shall we say, um, that have partners, 
they, I don't think they fully understand how isolating it is because when you're a single parent, especially if you're not co-parenting, so you really are just what I call an actual single parent. And I find a lot of people throw that term around. Now that's not, it's no judgment if you call yourself a single parent, but yet you co-parent. Um, but I call, I classify single parent as someone who genuinely is doing it alone. They are the sole parent for the child. Um, rather than using the two words, what they mean, you know, separately. So I am single and I am a parent. So I find that people who aren't a sing, who aren't sing, their sole carer, shall we say, aren't a sole carer, they don't get it. Like when you put your child to bed in the evenings, you're just left with your own sort of thoughts, and all day, especially when they're this young, there's no no adult converse, there's no adult conversation. And my friends that have someone. They they moan and I'm everyone's struggle is relative. I'm not saying that their struggle is not real. It's just it's hard to understand, isn't it? Other people's other people's struggles. You know, we can empathize to a degree. But I feel that when I sit here in the evenings that I don't have that other person here to to talk to, to vent at. Or even just, just to look at another person <laughs> sometimes that's, you know, above knee height. That would, sometimes that would just be nice. But hey, again, started to ramble. So as I was saying, if you are out there struggling, even if you, I, I don't mind, I, whatever time of day, any time is fine. Whether you're single, in a relationship, co-parenting, whatever find yourself struggling feeling isolated feeling alone please message me I am just an email away as they say and my email address is mama grace so that's m-u-m-m-a-g-r-a-c-e at a-o-l dot com so that's mama grace at a-o-l dot com message me I'm happy to chat. Like I said, probably won't have any answers, but I'm I'm here and I'll sympathise and empathise, which is sometimes all we need, like I said. Okay, guys, so I'm going to sign off before I ramble any further because I really wanted to keep this first one below 10 minutes. Failed at the first hurdle, didn't I there? Doesn't surprise me doesn't surprise me at all I um I sat here and I was I was making notes and I was like do I write like a script because I'm not gonna know what to say and then I remembered I ramble and so of course being me and overthinking everything I wrote a script and then I wrote notes and I haven't looked at either because shockingly, I can talk to my little heart is content. <sighs> okay, guys, I promise my next episode will be more 
organized and I will stick to a single topic. So until then, like I said, anyone struggling, anyone wants to chat, message me, email me, that is fine. I shall speak with you all soon. Well, hello, my lovelies. So today we are back and we are talking about birth. Now, I hadn't really given it a great deal of thought during my pregnancy, which is bizarre. Probably should have thought about it a little bit more. Um, I didn't create a birth plan, um, again, which goes against everything that I normally do. But I kind of felt like planning would lead to disappointment because I know that it's that birth is just based on you can't plan it in my head you can't plan it I couldn't plan it anyway I had to see what my body wanted to do anything there were too many eventualities for me to plan for um I could have planned for an ideal birth um the way I wanted it to go but you know I was also aware that so many different things could have happened things could have gone wrong that if I'd have had a plan, I'd have then wanted to be rigid with it. Um, I'm very all or nothing. So if I've got a plan, that's it. I'm sticking to it. There's no no deviating from that plan. So I went with, we have no plan. And we'll see what happens. Just take it from there. So when my water spoke, um, I rang the hospital. Um, obviously, normally, you have to wait until your contractions are so many minutes apart before you attend the hospital but because I was I was early I ran the hospital and they wanted to check on me so I scooped up the towel shoved it between my legs <laughs> and my mum took me to my local hospital um I think this must have been this was quite late in the evening anyway I got to the hospital after waddling through the maternity suite, it was really nice and quiet when I went. I uh, waddled through the maternity suite with my uh, towel between my legs as I was still leaking. Like I said, there was no gush for me. It was just a uh, consistent dripping. So they then said that they wanted to check that my waters had broken and could I put a pad, one of their pads in, allow the leakage and then they wanted to examine it because apparently I couldn't be trusted to know whether I just constantly wing myself. Anyway, so did that after sitting there for about 10 minutes with the pad on, they checked it and it turns out I wasn't winging. So I was t had everything, all the checks, she had the usual, um, everything seemed fine, uh, but I had no contractions. So they sent me home. So I then went home to my mum's, um, got into bed. My God, I don't think I've slept on so many towels before. I say slept. That might be, that might be a bit of a long shot. I think I just tossed and turned because it was just, obviously it was just minor cramping, I would say. But, you know, 
everything was going on. There was adrenaline. I was, it was the unknown, something I'm not very good at. So there was nowhere I was actually going to sleep. Anyway, so I think I tossed and turned for a couple of hours uh, and then got up. Um, I was waiting for a call from the hospital for them to check in, see how I was doing, and then they would make a decision about what was going to happen. Um, still leaking. So, I mean, I'd been leaking now for uh, 10 hours probably. <laughs> Anyway, the hospital rang and I think, I think when the hospital rang and said that I needed to go in and they were going to induce me, I think that's when I first started thinking, okay, so I'm going to give birth. Uh, it became, it became a reality. I. Uh, I can't, ex I can't explain it, I guess, when you go through it or once you've been through it, you understand more. Um, but it was just, at that point, I think the fear started to kick in a little bit as well because it was, I'd been all right so far, doing everything on my own. You know, I uh, there was, even if I had a partner during pregnancy, there was, you know, it's not much they can do. So I guess I wasn't really, I wasn't really that fast. Um... And then when it comes to the birth part, I guess technically they can't really do anything during the birth part either. Um, but that is the beginning, isn't it? I mean, that's just the, that's the beginning. And that's when I started to think, okay, so yeah, I'm doing this. And uh, yeah, I'm kind of doing it on my own. Anyway, so my best friend, um, who I've known for 14 years now, I think... <laughs> I, I probably should also mention I'm a complete hypochondriac. Um, I constantly think I've got something wrong with me. I mean, I'm not to the point where I go to the doctors, because I don't want to go to the doctors because I'll probably catch something from the doctors. That's my mindset. So I'm I'm one of those people that sits at home just obsessing. <laughs> yeah, I've got this, I've got that, I've got this, I've got that. I um it's it's beyond ridiculous. It's quite I would say it's probably the source of a joke between people who know me, but on a real level, that's not fun, I must admit. Um, I would, I think though, I think anyone who knows me and who was there through my pregnancy would say that I think I dealt with it pretty well during pregnancy. I really uh, pulled my finger out with it. Anyway, so I think my best friend was expecting, along with my hypochondria, to have a very low pain threshold. I mean, I don't think those two things go together, but for some reason in her head, they had. I think it's because she assumes that my hypochondria is, I get like a twinge in my ear and therefore I've got earache, therefore there's a tumour and she thinks that's what happens. But that I have a really, I have a high pain threshold. I think I always have done. Um, so I rang her, she was at work, she left work, she came to the hospital um, and then it was just about waiting for a space really to be induced, uh, which ended up not being until the next day. I then spent a night in hospital um, and then early in the morning I was taken through to the delivery suite where I was hooked up and I was induced. Now, like I said, because I didn't have any plans, um, 
I'm grateful for that because I'm sure I wouldn't have planned to be induced. So <laughs> had I um had I've had a plan at this point, I think it would have I, I wouldn't have coped. And so this is why I'm grateful I didn't make a plan. And if I was to ever do this again, I would or again go with no plan. Just see how it goes. So I also hadn't really read up on being induced. Oh, I had no idea, if I'm honest. Maybe that was a little bit silly. I no, no, it's not because I know what would happen. I would have read about it and then read horror stories. Um and then obsessed about it. And then when it came to being induced, I'd have been like, oh no, all the horror stories are gonna come true for me. I did do this afterwards, may I add. <laughs> After I've been induced. <laughs> when he was in when my son was a newborn. <laughs> I spent a day researching being induced and uh, looking at all the horror stories. I I don't know why I do that. Oh, that was that was silly. That was silly. However, anyway, so I was hooked up to the drip, um, and they pump you full of the hormone and gradually increase it, increase it, increase it. Uh, you know, to try and kickstart your hormone, um, your hormones into creating contractions. But if not, it creates them for you. Anyway, uh, I. The whole day, it, nothing, nothing happened naturally. So they had to just keep increasing, keep increasing. Uh, and yeah, I was on that drip all day. Um, it was, I would say my periods have always been a source of, of pain. They are heavy. They are full of, full of other symptoms. So my lower back will hurt. I'll get a migraine the day before um, and the, the cramps are excruciating for the first three days. Then they taper down and then on the last day I will get sickness followed by a mild headache and some light cramping. That's how it's always been. I, uh, I know what to expect every month, but it's painful. So I thought, okay, this is all right then. I'm, I'm gonna be all right at birth. You know, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, I'm semi prepared. I thought because I thought, you know, I know it's gonna be painful, and everyone had said it really is quite painful, but I was determined not to have an epidural unless it was necessary. You know, and I had to have a C-section, obviously. Um, but I had heard horror stories of epidurals. Um, not through research, like I said, didn't research anything. Um, just through what people say, you know, which I always find a little bit odd. Like you're pregnant, and so they know full well you have to give birth. And people always come up with and say, "Oh yeah, my friend, when she got when she gave birth, she had an epidural, and it was, and then they start telling you like horror stories." I don't know why people do that. I find that really really irritating. <laughs> Can you not? <laughs> I do not, I haven't done that. I haven't turned into that person. I think because I know what it's like. And for someone who, you know, always obsesses about the worst case scenario, I don't need to be, I don't, I don't need to be told bad things because I already think bad things will happen. Anyway, they're enough track. So my birthing experience at my local hospital, I would say, I'd say I was lucky and it was pleasant enough. I mean, what I would say wasn't pleasant was being in absolute pain 
and then having the doctor come round with seven, eight students and they're all just, they're just looking at you. <laughs> oh, it was so unpleasant. So unpleasant. I, I just, I don't like being centre of attention. I don't like people looking at me. So I was, I was really, really uncomfortable with the fact that they were all just, just staring at you. Um, whilst the doctor's asking you some pretty basic questions that the midwife had been, you know, asking throughout the entire time. But hey, I, uh, I, I'm, I'm grateful for the care that I did receive. You know, I know that some people have terrible experiences at their local hospitals. Um, I did not. So, yeah, that was probably the worst thing for me was the students coming in. Um, obviously, the pain wasn't great. Little things, you know, like the pain gets so bad that I was just, oh, I started gagging. I thought I was going to throw up at several points. My friend was <laughs> sitting next to me, I think, in shock that I hadn't had pain relief. <laughs> the midwife was like, take pain relief. I was like, no, I'm just going to keep powering through, keep powering through. And then... It came to the birth. Well, so after hours of being at the hospital, I would obviously have spent the night and then being hooked up to the machine. <laughs> I then felt this feeling where I just needed to push. And I needed to push there and then. Like, there was no... <laughs> there was no waiting. I just literally sat up and said to the midwife, I've got to push now. I've got to push. I, I need to push now. And she's like, you can't. We're not scheduled to do another uh, to do another check to see how far dilated you are. I said, I, I I need to push now. And I was like, right, that's it. I'm going to the toilet then. I will push in the toilet. I was like, I, 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 don't, I need to push. Like, at this point, I wasn't really thinking straight. The pain was excruciating. There was an overwhelming sense of needing to push. Like my whole body felt so heavy. Like, I just needed to push. And I was, like, trying to get up. My friend was like, you just turned into the Hulk, Grace. You're just, like, trying to rip the machines off. Oh, honestly, I've never felt anything like it. And I knew, I knew that was, that was it. It was coming. Um, so she did a check. She was like, oh, yeah, I can, yeah, yeah, definitely. I can see the head. Time to go. Um, and I was in active labour for four minutes and 56 seconds. He was out in three, four pushes. I was, I was not messing around. <laughs> I was ready to go. I wasn't playing about. Um, I followed instructions when it comes to the head, obviously, and just doing panting and little, like, little push. So not to tear too badly. I had minor tears, but nothing. Nothing needs wanted stitches. Um, and yeah, and he was out and there was just this moment where I just thought, oh, oh God, like, I have a child. I was so focused during the being induced that I was just like, you just got to get through this, Grace. You just got to get through the pain and then, then you can sleep. That's just not true, though. That wasn't true at all. I don't know why I told myself that. That was silly. Um, 
so yeah after being up for I must have been up by this point for like 56 hours I was pretty exhausted my body was exhausted um but they handed me my little ray of sunshine and it was just I can't, there were no words, there are no words, nothing, nothing beats that, nothing has and nothing will ever beat that feeling, that overwhelming sense of warmth and love that you feel when you're handed your baby for the first time, it's, it's incredible, it's absolutely incredible, it's, I, if I didn't actually have to, you know, be a parent and, <laughs> look after children I just keep doing it just for that that feeling it was just like oh incredible just incredible um obviously because he was premature he was then taken um to have tests uh he was drawn he was quite badly jaundiced so he then had to receive light therapy um but I was obviously just covered in fluids so I then <laughs> when they took him I then went and got in the shower and I just I just remember standing in the shower like I got into the shower I hadn't even taken my top off so obviously you give birth in like a top um, with no bottom half I was just standing in the shower with my top on that's how little energy I had at this point I was just the water was just running down me and I was like, oh no, I've got to take my top off and now it's wet, it's even heavier and it's going to be harder. And then I started crying because I couldn't, I didn't have the energy to take my top off. And I was like, if you haven't got the energy to take your top off, how are you going to have the energy to look after the child, Grace? This is, this is not going to go well. Um, panic started to set in at that moment, <laughs> if I'm honest. <laughs> I suddenly thought... Why don't I have a partner? Why doesn't his dad want to know? This would be better if there was just someone I knew was going to be there. Uh, I had my 10 minute wallow in the shower and then I pulled my shit together and was like, right, okay, it's done. We are where we are and you've got a beautiful little boy. So it's time to, time to get moving. Got the top off, had a shower. I... At this point, I was still refusing to wee, uh, let alone doing a bowel movement. <laughs> so I uh, got out of the shower, got dressed, and still was just being told about what they were doing to my little one. Um, and then once he was, once he'd had his tests and then decided about the light therapy, I was then taken to the ward. He was put in a, he was put in his little cot um, and was just had a nappy and um, eye mask and that was it. He was under the light and I wasn't allowed to remove him from the light unless it was for feeding. So I think that was hard. That was hard because he was right there. I couldn't touch him. It was just so help. I just felt he was so small. It was obviously he was premature, so he was he was smaller. Um and I was just I just kept staring at him in sort of disbelief, like, alright, like 
I, I don't really understand what happens now. This is this is scary. I don't know that I can do this. But I want to do this. And I was so relieved that I loved him. <laughs> so relieved. And I was so tired. And I just remember thinking, I don't know if I can do this. Can I do? Yeah, I can do this. And I said to mum, mum, you can't leave me. I, I don't think I can. I just don't think I can be on my own for the first night. So my mum stayed. Uh, and then she went in the morning. Uh, obviously, she needs to. Uh, she'd also been at the hospital throughout my, uh, throughout me being induced, so she needs to go home, get changed, get some sleep, etc. Um, and yeah, I was just sitting there, just watching him. I would say having a wee. It's quite painful. Pretty, pretty painful. Um, I can't give you any tips. Can't give you any advice other than I just, just got to suck it up and go through it. Now, it felt to me like this was going to last forever. I was just like, oh, God. It's just, it's just going to last forever. Obviously, you can't sit down properly, sort of, you know, shuffle onto one bum cheek and then sort of lay back. And, and then you can sort of let your pressure, like, let your weight go on your sort of coccyx and bum rather than putting any weight on your poor vagina that's just done all this hard craft. <laughs> oh. And so, yeah, I mean, I was just, I was, I was just drinking and drinking and drinking and drinking. Um, trying to get as much fluids in me as possible, which obviously means, you know, weighing a lot. But you just, you just got to endure that pain. Grossly, grossly uncomfortable. <laughs> really not pleasant. Um, you know, there's blood coming out. There's just, yeah. No, it's not. Postpartum bleeding lasted for a while for me. Um, about a week. Um, had to do the self-injections as well to help with preventing the blood clots, which was fun. Not gonna lie, that was fun, wasn't it? I'm I am not good with needles, let alone giving myself an injection. I oh, that was that was epic. That took I I mean every day it must have taken me about an hour and a half to psych myself up to give myself one. Kept getting it, getting ready. I can do it. I can do it. I can do it. I can't do it. <laughs> it's ridiculous. <laughs> um. I would say, yeah, postpartum bleeding lasted about, yeah, a week. Um, and But the pain, oh, that was gone maybe, oh, I don't know, day, probably day three, there was no more pain when weeing. Um, things were starting to, I didn't look down there, I'm not going to lie. I didn't look down there. I just thought it's probably best not to look down there. Um, so I'm not sure what it, what it ever looked like. Uh, some people want to know I I didn't I thought that was probably just going to give me nightmares so I didn't look so yeah birth birth was fun obviously I'm sure it is a different experience with a partner um 
but I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. However, I would say that was when I first realised that it was going to be. And it really sunk in. I really sunk in and hit home that this was this was it. I was going to be doing it alone. Obviously, those early days with a newborn, oh, they're, they're hard. Like, they are hard. Um, you know, you're not sleeping, they're not sleeping. Well, they are sleeping, but, you know, it's in short bursts. You're not sleeping because you're convinced your child's going to die. Like, you, yeah, I was so exhausted in those first, that first month. Um, and it would have been, I think it would have been a little bit easier with someone. I think that was when I was at my saddest as well, about the fact that he didn't, he wasn't going to have, didn't have a dad. There was some contact between us in the early days after giving birth. Obviously, I let him know I'd given birth, you know. Um, gave him the details about the birth. Um, but then a decision was made by him, not by myself, for him not to be involved. Um, and so that was the end of that. Um, so, yeah. That was fun. I, uh, I look back now and think, oh, can't have been that bad. Can't have been that bad, Thane. <laughs> I, I, I know it was, though. You know, I know it was. It was bad. But I, uh, I do look back and I think, oh, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure it was just fine. I should have done it better. should have. I, you know, I wasn't a screamer or anything. But I felt like I could have, I could have dealt with it better. <laughs> anyway guys I've had a few lovely emails from some of you which I appreciate and obviously anyone is welcome to contact me at any point I am always about um, mamagrace at aol.com alright I will Speak to you all next week. Bye.